Hi, Farmers of South Africa. It's me, your legal Buddha Macy. And I know it's been a while since I recorded, um, but I think there's just been a lot going on in terms of work and um, actually uh, being with clients and seeing clients. But I'm back and I make a commitment that I will try at least twice a month to put up some really, really good content for you guys um, and make sure that you get all the information that you need. So today, I'm going to be talking about contracts. I've had a few um, engagements on Twitter and Instagram, thank you very much, um, about contracts and people just wanting to have a good idea of what is a contract, especially within our industry agriculture, and what should it contain? What is the right thing that it should contain in it? So today I'm just going to give you an overview of what a contract is, what should be in there, and then we're going to talk a little bit about offtake agreements. Obviously, a lot of you are producers and are selling your produce maybe to bigger companies that are going to sell it to people like myself at the shops and you would like to know what it should contain if they give you something called an offtake agreement or um, on the reverse if you want to give them an offtake agreement what it should have inside so yeah let's get started and um, remember I'm very contactable on Twitter and on Instagram, um, my pages are called The Legal Buddha Macy. And just send me a message. And if there's anything specific you want to chat about, please feel free to send me a message and ask me. Um, another thing, remember, this is purely very, very general information because every farm is different, as I always say. So you'd have to get a bit more specific about your particular activity that you're doing when you want to do a contract. Okay, let's get going. So, what is a contract? A contract is an agreement that creates obligations. And not only does it create obligations, those obligations are enforceable by law. So, that is basically what it is. An agreement between yourself and another party or three or four parties. It doesn't matter how many people there are. It's an agreement between people or companies um, that creates obligations and those obligations are enforceable by law. The basic principles of a contract is that you as parties, as people that are coming together in an agreement, must have a common understanding of what that agreement is. So if somebody thinks they're buying a donkey and the other person thinks they're buying a chicken, you obviously don't have common understanding and that's not going to work out. So there must be a common understanding and agreement as to what are we entering into a contract or an agreement about. The second thing is that there must be an intention to go into the agreement. So that basically means that if you want to get into a contract with me, but I don't necessarily plan to get into a contract with you, I'm just chatting or just saying, yeah, we might be able to do something together, then obviously our intentions are very different and therefore we didn't necessarily get into an agreement. This is important because not all contracts are written. Some are verbal contracts and 
therefore the intention must be there that not only do we have a common understanding of what we're doing that we're entering a contract but we both want to enter this contract with one another then there must be capacity so capacity means that i must be able to get into a contract with you so a silly example obviously is that i cannot get into a contract with a child um, with a four-year-old. A four-year-old can't enter, does not have the capacity to get into an agreement with me. But on a more serious level of what capacity means is that I cannot enter into agreement with someone that is not in the position to enter into agreement with me. So for example, if I say that I own spa and I want to buy cabbages from you as the farmer, but actually I'm lying, I don't own spa, it's owned by my mother, and I enter into the agreement, later my mother could say, no, you did not, Gadli did not have, or the legal Buddha Macy did not have capacity to enter into that agreement, therefore there was no agreement, there is no contract, and therefore it's invalid. So basically that's what capacity means, the ability to be able to enter into an agreement with, with somebody. Um, and then the fourth, I think I'm on the fourth one. The fourth one is that the terms of our agreement, what are the terms of our agreement? Do we, what clauses do we have? What is the agreement? How much am I, as the farmer, am I providing to the, to the person that's going to take the cabbages from me? Um, things like that are our terms. They must be definite. We must be sure of our terms and they must be in that contrast, especially if it's a written one. Same thing if it's verbal, that we have agreed that every week I'm going to deliver 50 heads of cabbage um, to a specific place at a specific time. Those are examples of terms that must be within our agreement. Obviously, like I keep saying, there is a verbal agreement and it's fine to have one, except that, you know, verbal agreements are difficult to prove. And with contracts, it's the party that um, claims there's a contract that has to prove that there was a contract. It's always much easier, obviously, when there is a written contract that we can see on paper that people have signed and agreed to versus trying to argue that we agreed by mouth, which is a, a verbal contract. It's not impossible, but I, I would um, really advise that one keeps contracts and papers and not in agreements that are done verbally, mouth-to-mouth um, -mouth with each other. And then the last part is that, you know, the contract and the agreement that we enter to must be lawful. So we can't make a contract or we can't, we're not allowed to enter into a contract or make a contract that is by its very nature illegal. That defeats the point completely. So we can't make an illegal contract and enter into a contract that is unlawful. So the minute it's unlawful and it's illegal, it's not a contract anymore. It never became a contract because it was illegal in the first place based on the laws of our country. So that is what a contract is. Those are the four or five basic principles of what a contract should have in order to make it valid um, and to make it enforceable. So remember, it's an agreement that creates obligations. What are those obligations? I just told you it's lawfulness, it's common understanding, it's capacity to enter into a contract, it's certain and definite terms, 
and is the intent to go into the agreement. And obviously, again, um, uh, um, lawfulness, and then obviously there's possibility of performance and certainty. So those are the principles of our contract, and that is our agreement that it creates obligations. So if we go a little bit deeper into our terms and our definite terms, in terms of agriculture, we'll have all sorts of things in there like, you know, warranties, time clauses, disclaimers, indemnities, and um, exemption clauses, only because with agriculture being so uncertain, we don't know if tomorrow you're going to wake up and be able to deliver 50 cabbages because maybe the night before um, there was a storm and you couldn't harvest or you couldn't plant in time or whatever the case might be, which might actually affect the contract itself. So we have to have terms in there that talk about the what ifs. What if something goes wrong? What if you can't deliver? What if the product is not selling that good, what if, and all those what ifs have to be answered in the sense that we have to also know, okay, if that happens, is that a breach of contract? Meaning that some one of us has broken the promise or the obligation that we're meant to do for one another, or is it something that we can fix? And if we fix it, how do we fix it? Is it a termination of the contract? Meaning that we agree that if something happens that makes me not be able as a farmer to perform my duties and my obligations of the 50 cabbages a week? Does it mean it's terminated? Does it mean that there's something else I can do in the alternative to make the or to make sure that the contract stays alive? What are those options? And those are the things that you would then have as terms. And in agriculture, it's so important to have this because you cannot assume that everything will go smoothly. As we know, as farmers, we know that things don't always go smoothly. Things happen every day on the farm that might change or affect your day-to-day -day, um, obligations and responsibilities to third parties outside of your farm. So it's very important to have those um, terms in there and to think of all of the what-ifs. And obviously, having somebody help you draft a contract to help you think of the what-ifs is a part of the game you cannot you could try do it by yourself but i always advise that you have someone else look at it specifically me the legal buddha macy but um no in all seriousness uh, it's very important to think of the what ifs and have that on a force majeure clause is always a good idea as well force majeure is um basically meaning an act of god so if something happens, like a huge storm that happens and, you know, it destroys your whole crop or there's a fire, something that you cannot control, something that is not in your power to control, you could not have foreseen it, that's a force majeure. So again, we have a clause in there to say something like that happens, what happens? And, agree, and again, it's an agreement, remember, so it's not just from your side what you want to put in the contract. The other party that you are getting to the contract with must agree to those terms and say, okay, you're right. Let's put in a force majeure clause. I agree with what the clause says and I agree with the what if um, X happens, then this is what we're going to do in terms of our contract and our agreement. Right. So let's talk a bit about offtake agreements. Offtake agreement is an agreement between you 
and let's say for example a big supermarket out there that wants to take your product and you are going to produce for them every week so you're going to have something called an offtake agreement between yourself and the big supermarket so your contract your offtake agreement would start off basically with what it is it's a contract of cabbages between yourself and the big supermarket and um, then you would have there what it is about so the supermarket requires you to drop off a hundred cabbages a week and you are saying that you will be able to provide a hundred cabbages a week to that specific supermarket then we would have our terms that what is a cabbage for example it sounds silly but it's actually really important to have specific um, uh, clauses and terms that describe exactly what we're talking about because when people start fighting and there was no specificness about what they were talking about when they entered into the agreement it opens it up to interpretation and therefore people can get away with murder even though they knew that that was not the intention so it's very important that we're very specific to say okay cabbages what type of cabbages are we talking about um, and when they come to be delivered are they delivered washed or do they come as they are are they packed pre-packed are they in your label or are they going to be labeled by the supermarket and um, those type of things are important in terms of definitions and in terms of just clarity of a well-rounded, well-completed um, offtake agreement. So don't forget to be specific in your terms and definitions of what you're talking about in terms of delivery or um, rece receiving of carriages. Then we will go into the obligations that you as the farmer will grow um, carriages you will produce X amount of cabbages a week. You will deliver, if you are delivering and the supermarket is not picking up the, the cabbages themselves or whatever the case may be, deliver or be picked up um, at a certain time. And then the supermarket, again, in the contract, remember this is part of our obligations because both parties have obligations. You're going to say, uh, the supermarket will provide all the information and everything that they need to the grower will maybe help the grower in certain ways, maybe specify the quality that they want, specify the number that they want, specify um, the time and date and when they will accept delivery, how payment will be made um, and so on. That should be put in there. That's very important again, so that if we have disagreement, we can always go back to our contract to say no, but this is what we agreed. Therefore, you have not done your part of the deal or your part of the the um, agreement. Setting times, dates, um, quality of the product, um, all of that is very important. Again, for the same reason, when we are ever in a fight one can always prove that you did what you're supposed to do based on the agreement um, that you have. We will have dates about when is harvest, from harvest, when is it 
dropped off? When is it picked up? What happens? Should there be no crops that harvest or we have a problem? Um, so again, it goes back to offtake agreements and what we're going on about now. Again, goes back to what I said to you. We were talking generally about contracts that our terms have to be certain and they have to be definite in terms of what we're doing. So again, no different than offtake agreements. It's the same thing that it has to be definite and certain. What are we agreeing on? What are the terms? When, where, how, who? You know, so you can also have in your offtake agreement that all deliveries are made by this person, signed off by this person, counted by this person to make sure that everything goes smoothly um, all the time. It's important in there to also have a clause about complaints. So if, you know, you as a farmer have a complaint in terms of the contract or in terms of how things are going or how the supermarket is handling certain things, what is the process of that? And the same thing with the supermarket. If the supermarket has a problem with your product, how do they, um, who do they talk to from the farmer's side and how is it resolved? Who do you go to to resolve any disputes? Remember, we can have a dispute between the two of us without necessarily meaning that we're terminating the contract or the contract is over. It's just maybe a hiccup between employees or something happened in a specific morning that caused a bit of a, a disruption and we need to deal with it. That's also good to put in the contract to say what is our dis dispute resolution um, process when we, if and when a dispute arises. Um, should anything change, that should also be put into the contract. So let's say, you know, things are going well for six months, then the supermarket needs more now um, cabbages and they need 200 cabbages. We don't have a whole new, we don't need a whole new contract to talk about 200 new cabbages. We go back to first the question of capacity. Can you do it? If you as the farmer can now go from 50 to 200 in supplying the same supermarket, then we just edit our current contract to add the new numbers and the new arrangement and the new agreement. Look, it could change a lot of things, including price maybe. Again, we just change it, we tweak it where we need to tweak it, we add an addendum to the current contract, and we carry on. It doesn't necessarily have to be a whole process all over again of um, cancelling the original original um, contract. Another thing that might you might find in an offtake agreement is that the super... The supermarket is very specific and says, look, I don't want any products that come from chemicals or chemicals were used or whatever the case might be. Um, so you have to make sure that you didn't use chemicals in your products and you have to prove it to me. That can be in the contract as well because, you know, maybe that is part of their marketing strategy that, they are organic and they don't use chemicals in their products. So they have to make sure that their suppliers don't do that. And if it's in the contract and obviously you break that by using chemicals, then they also have a right to, to use that against you and enforce what's in the contract. And it can be in there. We can have a clause in there also in terms of duration. So duration meaning how long is the contract due for? So maybe it's a contract for a year, maybe it's six months, maybe it's two years, maybe it's five years, 
maybe it goes on, you know, indefinitely and it's a contract that is renewed on a year-to-year basis or whatever the case might be. But it should be um, in there. It's good to be in there so that we know and we can plan also as farmers in terms of, well, if it's a two-year contract, then you know in two years you must have planned well enough to either find a new supermarket to work with or um, work with this one for two years knowing that it might not be renewed. There can also be a renegotiation clause in there to say, okay, when it's six months before the end of our contract, we're going to sit down, renegotiate the, the contract. If everybody's happy to renegotiate, let's renegotiate. We can, renegotiation could mean that we're increasing how much um, the, the, the supermarket takes from the farmer or it could be that we are renegotiating prices because things have changed in the last year in terms of uh, produce and you know the 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 costs it takes to grow the cabbages or whatever the produce is um so we just have a renegotiation clause and in there we stipulate what the procedure will be when we renegotiate and what we'd like to renegotiate when we do um, negotiate our contract again um, so those are the, the type of things that you put in offtake agreement there's many other things that we can put in there um, depending on the type of contract and again between you and the supermarket or whoever the person or the company is that you're engaging with what they want to see in there that works for them then we have all the time in most South African contracts, we have um, arbitration. So arbitration is just there to say if there is some sort of dispute, a serious dispute between the parties, a deadlock, an impasse, so, you know, so something that is really, really a big issue between the two parties, yourself and the party that you've contracted with, what are we going to do? Are we going to run to court immediately and sue each other? Or is there another way that we can solve it? So most people do choose to go the arbitrator way. And an arbitrator is just someone that sits there as a neutral party, listens to both sides and gives suggestions in terms of how the issue can be resolved. It is, you can bind yourself to the decision of an arbitrator, meaning that you both agree, parties agree both that if the arbitrator finds in whoever's favor you are bound to that decision, meaning that you have to follow that decision. Or you could say that that's just the first step. If you still disagree with the arbitrator, you're going to head to court and, and have a high court deal with it. What's really, really nice about contracts that I really, really enjoy as well is that it is so applicable most countries. So for all our farmers that are listening outside of South Africa, um, to this particular podcast and this episode on contracts, it's very similar in your own country. They don't deviate a lot in terms of the rules. Um, I think the only difference you'll find is probably about the arbitrator stuff and the court systems, how your court systems in your country works. But in terms of the content and the details of a contract, they're all the same no matter where where you are. So our African farmers... Um, in other countries in Africa can definitely use 
the information that I've shared today recontract. Um, and again, like I said, if you want to be specific, which you should be because your farm will not be the same as your neighbor's farm, please, please be in contact with me, book a consultation, let me help you draft a proper contract. And the nice thing about contracts is that once you've got one of them, you can repeat and use them all the time. Um, you don't have to draft multiple contracts all the time. You just have to get a really good one the first time and then you can you can um, reuse it. You know where to find me? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the legal Buddha Macy. Um, and on there, you'll see my email addresses of how you can email me should you have further questions. The next episode, I'm thinking I'm going to talk a little bit more about labor and specifically labor law within the agricultural sector because it's very different. And I think some of you will have heard me say before that farm workers are a very different group from your typical laborers or employees in South Africa. And they have certain legislation that specifically protects them, but also protects you as a farmer. And you should be aware of because it can have very, very bad consequences for you as a farmer if you don't follow the law properly, but also can be um, of great benefit if you use it to your advantage. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much for um, all the support and thank you for listening. It's me, your legal Buddha Macy. Bye.